maybe I'm like legit know. having maybe you didn't get to know uh, them <laughs> hey, go back was to- I a bitch <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens, our podcast where we analyze pop culture through a feminist lens. I'm Nellie. And I'm Pate. We are finally covering the iconic, the classic Mean Girls, written by Tina Fey, starring Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, and Amanda Seyfried. Mean Girls is a pop culture phenomenon and is considered one of the most quotable movies of all time. We are so excited to finally talk about this rom-com Girls' Night movie classic. Our guest this week is also iconic, so it makes perfect sense to have her on while we discuss. Margaret Blackerby was an English and Women and Gender Studies double major at Swanee, graduating in 2018. She now lives in Birmingham and works as an admission and communications coordinator at a private school in the city. She also has a very cute cat named Cowboy and has a killer bookstagram account. I've always looked up to Margaret as an English scholar um, and was in a few of her classes and everything she said was just so smart and scholarly. So I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Welcome, Margaret. Oh my gosh, thank you guys. Um, you're really gassing me up right now. I need to do this more often. Pate and I were literally texting beforehand. We were like, oh my god. Like, Pate was like, in English classes, Margaret would always like, say things and I would always be like, oh my gosh, queen. And then I was like, oh yeah, Margaret was like, big, big, like, WGS, like, icon for me. But also like, Sacristan and Pimo and everything, so. You're just an icon, Margaret. You're little babies. Y'all are so sweet. I was thinking about this too. I was like, oh can't wait to see my girls it's been too long I know it feels like y'all this is so embarrassing Margaret and I live in the same city and have not hung out hey it's a pandemic it's okay (laughs) but we haven't even had like we haven't we didn't even try and do like a socially distanced thing you know but the weather's warming up up and people are getting vaccinated so this spring we can keep Margaret got her first dose today I did I'm on the up and up how are you feeling? Crazy. I'm kind of sleepy right now, but I had a cup of coffee, so I'm ready to ride. But yeah, I'm just really looking forward to like the springtime and like seeing people in like a socially distanced fashion with the sun, I guess. But yeah, I'm glad you have it. It makes me happy. Yeah. So Margaret, every episode we like when we have a guest, guest we like to ask them you know, if they chose a particular movie, why did they choose it? And so we were texting and, you know, I think I gave you a few options and you were like, mean girls, let's do that. So what kind of was your mindset in choosing that? And why, why did you want to discuss it today? Yes. Wow. I think that like, it couldn't have been uh, more fortunate in terms of like me getting to do mean girls. So I think this movie came out in 2003 three is 2004. that right four okay 2004 um and so I was in the third grade and I watched it with my family as a third grader when it came out yes wow well I don't know if we saw it in the theater but we like maybe right. we rented it lol we rented it and we watched it at home and I loved it and then for my birthday 
I got it on DVD as like a nine-year-old. Oh my god! So like number one, that's what you say when you're the baby of the family. Is your parents are like, "Bah, whatever." Like here you go, <laughs> eight-year-old. Here's this PG-13 movie. So I just like grew up watching this movie, and so but I liked the idea of talking about it because obviously my perception of the movie has changed in the past 17 years because. Uh, yeah, I know a lot more about the world and also the lot, a lot more about being a girl and drinking alcohol and kissing boys. So I was just excited to think about it in terms of like my 17 year journey of this movie. Kind of exciting to me that you experienced it like when it came out, because yeah. I don't remember. I, I feel like I watched Mean Girls pretty late because I remember it being a thing where people were like, oh my God, you've never seen Mean Girls. So I was old enough for that to be the case. So I feel like probably like mid to late high school, like enough for it to be like, wow, you haven't seen that yet, which is very much the case of me with many movies, even though I have this, like we do this podcast where we're supposedly watching movies and talking about shows, but it excites me that you have this, this history with it. I don't think I know anything better than I know Mean Girls. Oh my gosh. Good. Well, then we have the, you're the perfect guest for us. Um, well, we have some kind of like fun questions that we want to ask kind of later on in related. And I think that'll be a fun thing for us to do later, but diving kind of into the, the feminist lens of it all. What is like the mean girl, quote unquote, the mean girl tropes relationship to the patriarchy? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it puts girls and women in an unfortunate position. You know, I'm, virgin whore dichotomy or like being the bitch or being the passive one like assertive versus passive and so in some ways I feel like the mean girl kind of undermines the patriarchy but in other ways Mm -hmm. it obviously plays into the patriarchy and so I think it just creates this like unfortunate like can't win position and like one thing that I always think of like having worked at a summer camp for so many years and like always being around kids like that was the thing that we talked about in staff meetings all the time was like oh well the mean girl click like the girls are bullying each other blah 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 and I'm like okay well what kind of social pressures are they facing from the boys what kind of rude and snarky comments are they receiving from the boys how is that influencing their interactions with each other and with uh, their female peers so I'm of the opinion, like in most things, that it's much more of a systemic issue than it is like just about girls being bitches. I found myself thinking throughout Mean Girls. I was like, okay, well, if you removed like all a lot of the issues that I was just like, a lot of these issues stem from boys, like ultimately competition surrounding men or like meaning like trying to get a boy's attention or or fighting over a boy. I mean, that's the only time we hear the word feminism is when Gretchen says, like, you can't date an ex or a friend's ex. That's just the rules. of fe- That's like the rules of feminism. I was watching the take video, the, the mean girl trope explained, and it talked about how the qualities that a mean girl has are present in everyone. And it is very much this, honestly, I think it's, it shows how capitalism and the patriarchy are so like ingrained in this idea of success 
and it, I I know that many people think of capitalism as a good thing, but I I do I personally do not. But I think how like the this idea that you have to be uh, beloved and wealthy and beautiful as opposed to being kind that exists in everyone. I think just the mean girl is like the extreme of it. And so it, like you said, Margaret, it very much is these, it's, it's systemic, it's these societal pressures and thinking about how, how capitalism and the patriarchy are so intertwined because ultimately like in order to be like, I think we, we talked about the devil wears Prada on this episode or, or sorry, not on this episode, on this podcast. And in order to like have like success, like basically to reach the level of success that we see in that movie you basically have to be a complete bitch and you have to like be cutthroat and work against the anyone in your life but especially the women in your lot in your life so like for me the whole time and I and also like thinking about how the I I had always watched the watched Mean Girls thinking about how there are kind of four main mean girls in this movie, but in reality, like they're all represented, they're represented in every click. And honestly, I, I don't think it was until I watched it through this, like with this specific intention of talking about it, that I was able to really see kind of Janice's mean girl qualities, like the wannabes mean girl qualities, the, I don't know, like the cool Asians and the Asian nerds and all of the cliques that are, are present, like how there are mean girls quote unquote and all of those um even if they're not the top dogs of the cafeteria well I think too like part of what you're explaining and this is capitalism as well it's about the haves and the have-nots and like the way that you lose your like status like you have to lose something to fall down that food chain and so the other thing that I wanted to mention is that this movie is based off of um, a nonfiction book. I can't remember the author, but it's called Queen Bees and Wannabes and like exploring like who has that popularity, who has the money to like follow all of the trends and things like that. And so if you think about Katie, she's someone who just is not in the world of like Western capitalism for the first 15 years of her life. And then all of a sudden she's thrown into the mix and she literally has nothing. But in that way, she also possesses like a tiny bit of power because she doesn't understand any of it at first. And so she's an anomaly to the group and people don't know what to make of her. And like, that's how you throw people off their game is just like by completely rejecting it. And obviously she plays into it eventually, but at first she just like, she almost has an upper hand by having no idea what's going on. I also think like, just the term mean girls like of course we now like have normalized it because of this movie but the term mean girls and the idea of like a mean girl popular click like is so normal in our eyes and like yeah that it probably because like it is present a lot of times um but we have never normalized the idea of mean boys and like I was straight up bullied in high school like not okay <laughs> maybe not straight up bullied but like boys were like very like intimidated by me or like well I tell myself they were intimidated by me I'm sure they were badass (laughs) but like probably were you know they would like straight up no I'm I'm, by men and I'm pretty sure they were like they would you know comment like stupid things on my Instagram or like you know just like give me a hard time and I'm sure it was because I was like not conforming to like what and like an expectation they had of like what a woman should be 
Um, but I also feel like a lot of times, like why like girls are mean is because they want like a sense of like belonging and they are like, okay, well, you know, if like, say like Jane is left out of this group, like, at least that wasn't me. That makes me feel better. That makes me known. Like I wasn't being left out. So like I'm being wanted. And then also like our internalized misogyny, it's so much easier to like hate on women because we've been taught like it's so easy to just be like, oh, that girl is wearing a short skirt. So she's a whore or that girl's flirt flirting with a boy I like. So I hate her instead of being like, oh, the guy I like is a jackass. Maybe I shouldn't talk to him. So I think that also goes back to like the reason why girls are mean to each other is because we've been like, almost like taught at a certain point to like compete with one another and so then therefore we have these like feelings of like I don't know anger towards them and then this kind of just boils into like the mean girl trope I think it's really interesting how the mean girl what like maybe the mean girl I think just because like fashion or trends have evolved but like what the mean girl looks like is different from what the mean girl look like in either look like or actually like in 2004 and also I think with the with like the rise of social media there's different ways of executing like being a mean girl like I don't think you would really find a burn book today but you could find like a social media page like dedicated to certain things like this so or a group chat yeah exactly um or in twitter I think is like a huge like while I I do think twitter can be a great tool for like circulating information I do think it is like very much a place where people can just go and kind of shit all over people um which yeah just is is messy for sure but I I would love to talk about kind of why we're drawn to Mean Girls why we love Mean Girls whether it's in movies or real life and maybe not so much loving them but like craving craving either kind of the entertainment of a mean girl or like the approval of a mean girl like why do you think that happens in society it's a big cue so (laughs) I mean I think part of it is like normally the mean girl like represents everything that we are supposed to look like as women like specifically in mean girls the movie she's like skinny she's white she's beautiful she's blonde which like I don't know even though I am blonde, I'm like, I think it's stupid that we have like dictated that blondes are automatically more hotter than brunettes. Um, well, I actually just watched like a whole video about the dumb blonde and also the bombshell. And there's so many things tied to both of those things. So like, even though I do love my blonde hair and um, I don't think I look good as brunette, I think it's so stupid that we've like allowed this one hair color to be like okay well you're hot or you're not if your hair is light or dark um that's also because I live in Alabama and I feel like especially at the University of Alabama it's like you need to be blonde or you're nothing so that's still like happening today even though this movie was in 2004 um but I also think it like mean girls like stereotypically are like naturally good leaders even though they're using their power for bad they're like a good leader and so we're drawn to that and we're drawn to confidence I think like Regina George was so so when Janice cut her like shirt and she had her like bra sticking out 
Um, if that ever happened to me, I'd be mortified and would just like call my mom to pick me up and go home. But the fact that she just like wore it with confidence, I think that's why people like followed her. Also, it's a fictional movie that probably would never happen. But I think the confidence she exuded in that moment is the reason why people follow her. Like she obviously was wearing something stupid, um, but people would like blindly uh, do whatever she wanted. So I think those are like really good qualities, but like when used to a mean girl's advantage, they can be like super harmful. Yeah. I mean, it's that like magnetic personality. And, um, one thing I just thought of as an aside, I forgot that I dressed up as Regina George for Halloween in 2019 with my brown hair. So I was a brunette Regina George, but if I say so myself, I had like a pretty bomb costume so r.i.p to my white tank we'll need a picture of that for our instagram we need a photo i'm so ready um (laughs) but (laughs) no gosh i wanted to do that i wanted that to be my halloween costume in high school and my mom was like sorry but no it's such an iconic like i it's such an iconic look like it's one of those costumes i feel like where when you wear it people would know who you are you would think but then so many people people at the like I was at like a concert or something and people were like what and I was like oh okay well we can't be friends because you you haven't seen my favorite movie yeah back to your point oh yes there I am hee hee I can't wait to talk more about Halloween costumes because I have some kind of cringe ones so oh god it's yeah I don't even like to think about it sometimes um I did want to say about Mean Girls too that obviously like this movie and then also when we talk about like mean girls from like our own experience like it's high school right like and or middle school or whatever or summer camp or things like that and I think that part of it is that you're in such a structured environment that everyone is expected to like keep moving in the same direction and like in this case like high school it's towards graduation and so like the it's not cool to reject the dominant like culture until you get to college when everyone has their like spiritual awakening and like Mm -hmm. decides to like get their nipples pierced and like um and their maybe their nose pierced nipples what anyway um so I think like I don't know I feel like maybe like the mean girl thing like it stops being cool to be mean once you get to college yeah well I don't know that's that's how Hopefully. I feel about it. I think some people probably still think it is, but I think enough people are able to dispute that and be like, yeah, no, I don't want to be your friend just because you're like, I don't want to be a friend because you're mean. Like, I don't want to be your friend that for that reason. Whereas I feel like, I don't know, it's really interesting because when I was in high school or in, in even middle school, I feel like when I started understanding the concept of like the quote unquote mean girl, I actually feel like one of my first exposure to that trope was through Sharpay in High School Musical, which honestly, like, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but we were like a big like PBS only family until I was like, I don't know, 10, 11. So like, that was probably around the time where I started watching movies at all similar to this when I was, I, I definitely probably experienced Mean Girl. I have, de- I had definitely, not probably, experienced a Mean Girl before this, but I don't feel like I was necessarily ever in in middle and high school I feel like I was like okay I know I had this image of what a mean girl was and then was able to be like okay 
popular equals mean a little bit and then thinking of popular girls as mean even though then I think it wasn't until like later in high school like I feel like oftentimes this is my experience in college too but like senior year you get close with people like you get closer to your class and it's people that you had written off because you didn't realize they were maybe actually nice (laughs) like you had decided that they were mean and so for me I think like I just lumped those two things together and I'm sure yes like I, I was lucky well I don't know how lucky I was actually I mean I was lucky that the hardships I faced in high school weren't connected to like like the social hierarchy it was more so the fact that like I had troubles within like the friend groups I was in I don't know if I ever really fully belonged to a friend group in high school like there were definitely like issues but I wasn't like bullying from someone who was like above me in a social status I very much but I also went to kind of a weird high school where I could like kind of hide from everyone else and in a way we'll talk more about that when we talk about where I sat in the cafeteria but I um dot 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 ellipses you'll find out later um I I I don't know I I do think it's really interesting how the mean girl trope like sets this expectation of what cliques are supposed to look like what like social hierarchy is meant to look like and then I I'm hopeful that like we do kind of start to break out of it as we get older but like I ultimately do think that like but then like people go and live in like towns or cities where they also exist like I do think that like the mean girl exists and I guess what my what was kind of behind this question that I asked was because we were talking about this before we started recording but we've all been watching The Bachelor and I feel like the reasoning for Queen Victoria quote-unquote for her like the amount of screen time she gets and also just like the she very much embodies the mean girl trope in my eyes in a very different way than Regina George but people are definitely drawn to her like Pate not to call you out but I remember when we the very first episode we watched you were like oh my god I love her I I know that I'm not supposed to love her but I love her and we you since have felt differently but I do think it's interesting like what is it about these characters that draw us in I do think that like I know this about you, Pate, like evil characters draw you in very much so, but it's just interesting because then also The Bachelor decided like we're basically going to center these first few episodes around this specific person in this conflict. So they know they're catering to an audience that loves the mean girl. Yeah, I don't know. I'm on a rant. I don't know what my final, oh, I'm not supposed to say rant. Sorry. What did we say about rants? That is inherently I'm sexist. making a point, but I don't have a concrete ending to this point, I guess. So, Margaret, and I scene. think rant is a sexist term because we only use it when we are like, especially women are like, ugh, I just have to rant. You know, that's mm. not rant. It's an angry word. Nellie, you were making an educated point. Yeah, I just didn't have a good way of wrapping up that point is is what I was trying to say. But yes, I'm really glad you, you said me that. Accountable. Thank you. I You're like welcome, that. Queen. Um, yes. Queen Victoria, for me, I was like, oh my God, she is so funny. Like, I saw it as like a comedic You're like, character on The Bachelor. The I was really hoping she was going to be a Corinne 2.0, um, but I don't think anyone can replace Corinne um, because she was like funny and like ditzy, but she wasn't harming anyone. She was just like, I like to take naps and I have a nanny and that is wonderful. She wasn't like hating on anyone. Whereas like Victoria was straight up like, 
y'all are all bitches. I don't want to be friends with you. And that was just like so unnecessary. And that's when I was like, okay, you're not being funny. You're like actually tearing other women down. And that's like degrading and harmful. I don't know if she's like, I, and like, I don't think she's straight up like evil. Cause when I think of evil, I think of Amy from Gone Girl and um, like characters from Sharp Objects. I love um, Gillian Flynn's. You're thinking like books. murder. Like, yeah, like straight up like psychopath, narcissistic. Ooh, femme fatale. Yes. Yes. And so like Victoria, she doesn't fall between, she's like not like comedy and she's not. Straight she's up a mean evil. girl. She's like straight up a mean girl with like no redeeming qualities except that she makes good TV. Well, and that's the thing too is people are like, I, I think when people talk about Victoria and I do this too, which is probably anti, it is anti-feminist of me. I'm always like, well, she's ugly. Like what's going on with her eye? Like she looks so bad. Like, like Nelly, you said that? Well, I don't know if ugly is the word, but I've heard people say the word. I think I'm saying more like, God, what's going on with her bra? Like, how is she making it this far in the show? And I think that's yeah, anti-feminist. Maybe... I think that's just like real questions. Well, we're all I think asking. it's anti-feminist in the sense. This is my point. I think it's anti-feminist in the sense that I'm like, why am I? Why do I accept this behavior from very beautiful women? Maybe I don't actually. I am critical of it, but we expect that behavior maybe from really beautiful women, and we're okay with it when people that have like beauty and wealth like embody the mean girl trope but then someone who has a sty and their bra is showing embodies the mean girl trope were like significantly more angry and so I, I don't know maybe maybe that's not the point of this and maybe no, that's a really this, good point. but I do think it's, it's it's something that I'm reflective of in myself I'm like okay well I don't like and I, I I'd like to think that I would be angry with I like to think that the reason I dislike Victoria isn't because of her appearance. It's not. <laughs> I don't really care what any of these women look like, even though it is something that we're constantly talking about when I feel like it's a main point of conversation when you're thinking about the different qualities that like Matt is looking for. Curious That's what y'all really think. That's a really good point. Back to Mean Girls. But <laughs> I think, well, one, maybe I can tie it in a yes, little bit. Please. Because I think the thing that kind of boggles my mind about Victoria is that she is a bit of a hot mess and like, I don't, I mean, who wants to be on national television with their bra showing in a dress where you, like, wouldn't expect your bra to be showing? You don't even who need to wear to a bra be, in that sort of dress. I'm like, girl. Right. Who wants to be on national television um, where your under eye bags look really bad? And Like, I was like, honey, like, do you need to go to, a like, uh, urgent care? Are you okay? <laughs> right. And so, for me, I think, and I don't know, maybe I just, like, didn't conceive or perceive this correctly, but, like, when I looked at her like on night one, I was like, oh, she's a little curvier. And she's not even like super curvy, but like she did have, a, it looked like she had a little more meat on her bones. And I was like, okay, well, why did they have to make the one person who's not a stick be the bitch? And so that's one thing that I've been thinking about is that like the difference between Victoria and like Regina, Regina has her shit together. Am I allowed to cuss? Oh yeah. Okay, great. Just checking. Regina has her shit together she always looks perfect she has everything she needs and there's like a little more respect in that sense that she has like she evokes respect from other people like everyone's obsessed with her victoria on the bachelor on the other hand she's kind of like falling apart her makeup doesn't look good something's wrong with her eye you can see her bra under her dress and at that point we're like you're a hot mess express what are you even doing here um 
So I think that that is just another, an interesting way to think about like the differences and also like every season has a villain on The Bachelor, but why is it that they're vilifying the person who looks different and not even that different, but just has like these little quirks and like, were those on purpose? Did someone pull her bra out on purpose and make it show on her dress? Like, did someone purposefully be like, oh, let me fix your makeup and then not fix her makeup? Because the other thing too, is that the producers are mean. Like they're mean girls that, have, mean. and like probably men as well. I don't know that much about the producers, but like they're trying to evoke a response as well and they're manipulating things. And I feel like that's part of being a mean girl is that you manipulate a situation to go your way. I remember having, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember having kind of the same thought night one being like, wow, this is like, especially in terms of body representation, just being like, wow, we're getting a step closer in in having more than just kind of these like stick thin, stick thin Instagram influencers on here. Um, she has big boobies. That's I what know. I was, I was about. like, I was okay, like, girls. Yeah, she's got tops and <laughs> hips. I was like, oh okay, queen. And I, yeah, no, I, and also she's, again, this means nothing because like social media means nothing, but like she's very put together on Instagram. So I'm kind of like, why did she look like that when she was on The batch? Like, why was her makeup messed up and her bra out? Like, I just her, don't really believe that that was a thing. She was like, yeah, like I, my Instagram pictures, I don't edit them. I just, well, and who knows how true that is. We all edit our pics, but she was like, it's called good lighting and people that like do my makeup I'm very bad at doing my makeup and I'm like okay that's honestly that's why she should have made friends so the girls could have helped her oh okay anyway (laughs) the girls were like no chance are we telling you your bra is which shows again goes back to the point that like there are mean girls in different kinds because the reality that like not that anyone had the obligation to look out for her after the way that she behaved but there are plenty of other mean girls on the bachelor beyond victoria I think it would be really interesting to talk about the white feminism element that this movie has. So like we talked about Mean Girls was written in 2004. And I feel like the the takeaway Tina Fey wanted was for girls to be nicer to each other and not let the patriarchy control us so much. And I feel like the, the lesson we were supposed to learn was about like womanhood as a whole. Like there were definitely like it is like a super whitewashed movie. I don't think you could argue against that. <clears throat> so do you think it's important to recognize the whiteness in the movie if it's confronting women as a whole? Because I feel like now like our expectation of feminism is intersectional. And so like these things need to be addressed. Just would love to hear y'all's thoughts about any of the that particular question or element of the movie. Oh, 1000%. It's so white. And I think that the only reference to people of color is in the um, cafeteria. And the only reference to Black people is like pointing to a table and saying, like calling that group unfriendly Black hotties. And it's like, that's it. And to me, what that indicates is like segregation, like within within the cafeteria. Like it's almost as if there are two different hierarchies of popularity. This is specifically a white story. I mean, I and I I think you could uh, argue that it could be translated across the like broader female experience, but I think that that would be kind of a silly argument, considering there's no real representation of anyone beyond like these white people basically like they're all of the all of the people of color in this 
movie are just side characters. I do think it's important to point out though that Tim Meadows is um, portrays the principal. And so you do have a black man in a position of power. Um, so, but again, kind of a peripheral role, but I do think that that is an interesting thing. And then another thing that I've been thinking about, and I really don't have an answer to this, but just thinking about how clearly like this story resonates with the three of us, but it's also a very cisgender heteronormative narrative. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, one thing I'm grappling with is like, how, like, can you have your cake and eat it too? Can you have these like cisgender heteronormative narratives? And then also like how, but how do you like also validate other marginalized groups that are like, well, let's talk about my shitty issues in high school as well. Like there's so much more to unpack. No. Yeah. And I feel like this movie really dances around the issue of without like ever really kind of like addressing the, the weight of it, like really dances around the issue of sexuality. And, um, and I think it's really shitty that at the end, Janice ends up with a, like, dancing with a boy when, like, the whole, her entire plot line is that, like, she was bullied for being a lesbian. And, like, maybe she is straight, but, like, I just, I don't, I don't really understand, I didn't understand, like, why that, like, I, I just thought that that did a disservice to the LGBT community basically to then be like this is a bad like this is a bad thing and then here she is like I, I actually saw a TikTok yeah. that explained a joke I had never caught on in Mean Girls and that it's at the end when Janice is dancing with Kevin and he's like he asks like what nationality she is and she says oh I'm Lebanese and apparently that's supposed to be like Regina mistook that and yeah. thought that no, Regina. Oh. Thought when she was thing. like, I'm Lebanese, she thought that meant she was a lesbian. And I was like, was that supposed to be a joke? Like, that totally went over my head if that's the case. So, so like, said she's actually Lebanese? Yeah. So, okay. wait, I guess when I'm trying I to be like, it, I'm not convinced she's not gay. That's not what no, I'm no, trying no. to say. But I'm also I like, guess, why, why was there no, why is the only gay representation of like flamboyant gay man yeah which is like fine because it's love damien but that's the only like socially acceptable thing in this movie basically because it's 2004 and they like they relied so heavily on stereotype which like not excusing that like maybe saying that more as like i'm proud of the growth we have as like a society where a movie that like would be released like that today we would be cringing at like i cringed at a lot of things that happened like when it's Katie's first day and Tina Fey's character like turns to like the black girl and is like welcome because she assumes like the black girl is from Africa I was like oh my god this joke is like so cringy and would not be okay yeah and when Katie says jumbo to all the yes uh, I was like oh my god like that is so wrong so I just think like 2004 Margaret is you know I okay yeah Oh my god, y'all. So I heard this like cat screaming noise outside and I looked over there and the stray cat that comes into my house sometimes was sitting on a table and then this other tabby cat was like screaming at her and I was like, are they in a fight? And so then I like knocked on the door and the cat ran away. I was like, yeah, get out of here. Don't be a mean girl. I don't know if it was a girl, but like, don't be a mean girl to my baby girl. Don't be a mean girl. Exactly. I was like, this is so apt. You literally just had like the asse- like the assembly. You were Tina Fey, and you were saying, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." 
I'm saying yes. Explain this tabby cat emotions in a healthy way, and also like the an like I know how the animal kingdom would handle this. Oh my god! Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yes. I was just wrapping up my point about how like I sound. I feel like I sound like a broken record because I said this a lot in the Legally Blonde movie and uh, the Legally Blonde episode. Like, when it was made, I don't think it's an excuse for some of the cringy humor and stereotypes they use, but I think it allows us as, like, people watching it with a critical eye to kind of understand where they were coming from and be like, okay, this was, like, in their eyes, an okay thing to joke about, and thankfully we've grown from that and would not, like, be okay with that happening in a 2021 movie. I don't know why... 2021 a 2021 movie or tv show but you know i just yeah their their representation of lgbtq plus characters was really stereotyped margaret is there are there any kind of other i don't know critical thinking elements or like feminist elements that you kind of wanted to talk about before we dive into some of our fun questions we're gonna ask our like is mean girls feminist question at like the end we always like to ask Mm. is this feminist like what our kind of wrap-up question is but um if there were kind of other specific points that you wanted to talk about I just wanted to give space for that oh thank you um I think one thing and I don't even want to dwell on it that much I did just want to point it out like one thing that doesn't sit well with me 17 years after this movie has come out is the relationship between Coach Carr and like mm-hmm. Trang Pack and the other Asian girl, the nondescript <laughs> ethnicity. Um, and I think that it's just like, you know, post Me Too movement, like our energy yeah. around sexual assault and like child abuse is so different that like in that moment, it's like a funny, it's a funny thing. And like when Tim Meadows like looks at Coach Carr and says, Coach Carr, step away from the underaged children or something like that. And he just runs away. We're like, oh, haha. But it's like, oh, God, like that would be an investigation that he's losing his job. Like, we don't joke about that anymore. And so I think that that's something, especially like working in education, I'm like, ah. but um, that's the other thing that I wanted to point out as yeah. well. And maybe also I wanted to talk about weight a little bit and talk about like Regina George wanting to lose three pounds. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. I was thinking about body image a lot watching this. Both of those things you just pointed out, I like I caught on and I actually have like two more points. I'm so sorry. No, I'm sure I'll agree with them too. If we want to dive into them, we can too. I mean, we can dive into the... Um, With the weight thing, I mean, I definitely remember being in high school and just like my metabolism was different. I was dancing a lot. So I was constantly exercising, but I still had that mentality. Like if I lose three more pounds, I'll be the perfect weight. And so like, it sounds so dumb when it comes out of Regina's mouth, but it's like, oh, she is experiencing the exact same thing that every other teenager is forced to reckon with. And that's their body image. And so it sounds hilarious, but then I'm also just like, I, I don't know if it's like believable her eating the Caltein bars and like not recognizing that she's like gaining weight or anything like that or not looking things up. But also maybe she just didn't Google things as often as we Google them now. Right. Um, like 2004, maybe not as much of a thing. 
Right. But I just think that it's so funny when they decide to take down Regina, the one like of the three things, like one of them is her body, like her hot body. They want to take that away from her because body equals power for a woman. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I was feeling for her in that. And I feel like I I do think that is the moment where I feel like we are able to develop like empathy for her. At least that's my opinion. I'm like, oh my God, that's horrible that they're doing that. And then you're able to be like, yeah, these other girls are also mean girls. Like it's just messy. Would love to hear a little bit about how this movie or how your views have developed about this movie over the years. I in particular want to hear about what you thought about it as a nine-year-old or an eight-year-old or however you were when you first saw it. I think honestly just like cultural context and like things that you don't know when you're nine that you know when you're 16 that you know when you're 25 um the one thing that stands out to me like the thing I remember when my understanding of this scene changed and it was uh the part where they're at the mall and Regina calls this girl's mom and Taylor Waddell and says um hi I'm from Planned Parenthood and I have Taylor's test results and her mom faints and I'm like that's weird like what 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 kind of test was it like I I had no concept of what Planned Parenthood was and like no concept of what kind of test it would be or anything like that so I did not understand the implications of like of how terrifying that phone call would be for a parent and then I remember watching it several years later like probably either high school maybe more like college even Mm -hmm. when I understood more of like what Planned Parenthood does that I was like oh okay wow yikes but I do think that one thing about the movie is the fact that like and the reason I love it so much is that it can be entertaining for a nine-year-old and it can be entertaining for like my parents were like 40 50 something when it came out and they love the movie just as much as I do so I do think that it's it's interesting to be able to like grow with a film in that way and for it to hit me at different stages like now I'm thinking oh my god what am I gonna do if I have a teenage daughter one day like how do I protect her from this Mm -hmm. and ultimately like the more like the moral of the story is a good one to like pass on I guess which probably make which makes sense to me why your parents would be like yeah let's get like let's get this for her you know even if there are some kind of just like pushing the envelope kind of elements of it um I remember I I I was reading in um just in preparation for this some articles that talked about how Tina Fey's daughter who's six or maybe was six at the time I think now she's probably more like nine but because I think it was three years ago. Good math. Um, she, she like as a six year old like loved, loved Mean Girls, and but I think she also like idolized Regina George a little bit. She was, so she was telling the story about how she would like go to preschool and be like, "Let's play Mean Girls. I'll be Regina," which is is hilarious. But I think again, ultimately, like it is whether that's the takeaway or not, it is very much a watchable thing from a young age. Also, hot take, but I don't think actually this is a hot take because I think we probably all agree. Janice is a mean girl. Yeah. No, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. Which, like, it took, it it was recent that I came to that conclusion because the take does have a really good video about it. Like, Janice obviously was very valid in her feelings of being burned and she was wronged by Regina, but her means of revenge was not good at all. Mm-hmm. and also she was like exploiting this girl who had been homeschooled and didn't know any better 
um, like for her own like selfish reasons. And like, I'm glad at the end they all make, make up. And like Katie was also like bad to her at the end when she like, you know, didn't get to her art show and then just automatically was like, oh, well, you're a lesbian for me. Like that was so inappropriate, not okay as a friend. But I often think like we, that we don't acknowledge Janice's like wrongdoings as well. She's the fallen angel. Like mm-hmm. she's the person who had that power and had that like proximity to power and popularity. And she like, she fell from grace. And so it's her way of like undermining the system that rejected her. Right. So she, um, okay, like Paradise Lost. That's my favorite book. That's or my poem, favorite. Well, that's my favorite. Well, Milton was my favorite class with McDonald. Yes. Okay, we can talk about that another time. Oh, when we kiki. <laughs> we kiki. But should we move on to our fun questions? Yeah, we can answer these kind of quickly, just fun little stories. Okay. Go for it. So kind of some short fun questions just to ask us about our high school experience. Where did y'all sit in the cafeteria every day? Oh my God. I went to a really weird school. And so we had these like octagonal tables in the dining hall. And so you just like sat with whoever. So I was in the choir. And so all of the girl choir members ate lunch together. So I either sat at a table with my friends or outside at a picnic table. So not a typical high school experience whatsoever. I went to a public school. We like, we would pride ourselves on being diverse, but our lunch, our lunchroom was definitely like segregated. I kind of understood. I was like, I, I understand why like black people probably want to be together because like, even though we like claimed we were diverse, like they were still in the minority, not to like go into that details. I like to criticize my school because we weren't perfect, but like every year I, I would say I was definitely I am rolling my eyes. I was definitely in the popular crowd. I wouldn't say I was a mean girl. Someone might say I was. I don't know. If you think I was a mean girl, let me know. I would actually like love to come to that Have conclusion. Have you ever been and... personally victimized by Pete Simmons? Raise your hand. <laughs> um, but no, I sat at like the the white girl table and the popular girl table. But like it, I don't know sometimes like one of my guy best friends would come sit with us but we were also very divided by gender like the jocks would sit with the the jocks and like our friend groups would sit together so it was like kind of stereotypical but not to the point of like me girls where like we had you know a table for like the girls that ate their feelings and like the the art freaks actually I don't know maybe we did you might have you may just uh, maybe didn't I'm like legit them. having maybe you didn't get to know uh, them <laughs> Hey, go back. Was to- I a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I'm really not trying to put you in this box. I'm just pulling your like, wait till you hear where I ate in high school. You ready? No, I know where you ate. You love telling the story. Go ahead. Okay, well, I also went to a kind of a weird high school in the sense that like we had like free period like when we had a free period you could be wherever in the school like you didn't have an assign a designated um I know this doesn't this doesn't seem like it would have to do with the cafeteria but I swear it does you don't have like a designated place you have to be in terms of like a study hall or something like that you just have a free period so you could be basically anywhere in the school as long as the class isn't happening in that room and as long as you're like being respectful enough but you could like just be in the hallways basically 
and we had these light wells we had like three buildings and there were light wells and my friend group hung, hung out in like the like a building light well which because it was a light well we called it it was a building and we called it the a hole um and not funny. cute no <laughs> funny um and basically I was afraid of like I was basically afraid of the cafeteria when I was in when I was a freshman and I was when like my friends and I just started sitting there we would just eat lunch there um but I would definitely say that like if I were to pinpoint myself in this movie I would say my friends were either like it was like a combo of the friend group that Damien and the uh, Damien and Janice are in which is like kind of like the art freaks combined with the like nerds like that was very much like that was kind of like there were also people that like sat underneath like these the like the stairs like people sat like in the stairwell and I like kind of rolled with a similar cool crew it was like very much kind of like freaks and geeks vibe but like um it was more just so the fact that I was, I, I basically, I could probably count on my hand the number of meals I ate in the cafeteria. So I didn't ever actually sit in there. Um, and I flew so under the radar, which is probably part of why, like, I would have never been bullied by a mean girl because I just, like, simply didn't interact with them. Like, I just was not ever around them. I was just, like, in another part of the school. So perhaps would have been, I don't think I actually would have ever been, but I just, like, was elsewhere um I'll ask our next question just since I have the mic um what what did y'all dress up for Halloween I don't know in high school I guess oof okay I um senior year because I had a small class we wanted to do like a theme thing for all the girls and so we picked Disney and did different like Disney um like movie characters and so I in my little group which now I'm like oh I bet we were mean girls actually I know we were mean girls senior year which sucks but we were the Aristocats and so then I was like wearing a little cat ear headband and like tail and I went to one of my classes and my teacher called me a shameless hussy which I was like ha 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 that's really funny I'm covered from head to toe I was clothed like long sleeves tights all of that um, so that was a good Halloween costume in high school. Mm, my senior year, I dressed up as Catwoman, but I drank a pint of tequila and blacked out. So um, it was literally the worst experience of my life. Don't, don't do that, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then one junior year, I dressed basic white girl. So I wore a chevron shirt with a... Um, a vest and had a long shop and wore leggings and like knee-high um boots and was drinking Starbucks. And did you own was... all those things beforehand or did you yes. purchase new Yes, stuff? they were so online. You were already a basic white girl. And everyone commented and was like, I can't believe you didn't dress up. And I was like, <laughs> I was so trying to be like a cool girl, but like I'm a basic white girl and I love myself. I so... never owned a long shop. That's a claim to fame of mine. Well, I still have mine. Um, I stand by mine. I do think they are, I find them now to be much more functional when I used to, I, I was such a like, I'm not like other girls girl, which is not any better. Like, again, we're not trying, I'm not trying to pretend like I was above anyone. I was very much also problematic, but um, in, 
senior year of high school, we do this thing called senior dress up day, which I'm sure many schools do, but when you wear your costume to school um, and oftentimes people do like themed things, but I had my friends and I being the, the little freaky little nerds that we were did um, teen Titans. I don't know if y'all ever watched that cartoon on cartoon network. Um, I, yes. love, I was, um, starfire star power starfire oh i loved her is that it starfire not star power now i'm forgetting i really star- dressed up as the one with the red starfire. hair and the purple she had like a purple oh my god what the fuck my back just like popped okay anyway she had like this purple like two-piece kind of deal and i kind of i like made it myself with these like purple boots i'll maybe that will be my pick for the instagram unfortunately but i um <laughs> And I had this big, like, dark red wig. Like, this huge, like, long, 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 long wig. Um, it was kind of a, like, it was like a big, it was big, like, Comic-Con energy. I'm not going to lie. So y'all have an idea of who I was. I'm not ashamed of it. Let's ask the final question. You got, I know we've really kind of hammered this, so feel free to give your brief, brief take. Is Mean Girls feminist? Yes. I think it is. Mean Girls is a feminist movie and I think that it's because it examines the like social impact of like the cultural phenomenon of like what it is to be a girl Mm -hmm. in real life. So I think it is. I think that it's white feminism for sure but Mm -hmm. I do think that it's feminist and I also think that it does a lot to like examine like female friendships and as well as romantic relationships. So I would argue that it is. I think it really kind of draws attention to, like we talked about, kind of this this systemic issue in terms of this kind of ongoing cycle of the mean girl. And I guess it was one of the first movies to really articulate even that term. Um, and I think in articulating that term, it allows us to like identify it and think critically about it. I'm hopeful of that. I definitely think that if Mean Girls itself were made again in 2021, it would not be up to par for me. Um, and I, that's not to say, this is like not Chris Harrison energy of me where I'm like a few years ago, like racism didn't exist. Like, I don't feel that way by any means. Like I think in 2004, like intersectionality still very much should have been a priority, but, um, and so should have been like the, like me too and things like that. Even if it weren't, we weren't necessarily in those, um, in that specific conversation surrounding me too but I do think that um, I'm I, I feel like Mean Girls paved a way for us to think critically about this particular trope even if other movies represented it in the past I feel like I'm about to sneeze so hold on okay um so I don't really like hmm, I'm still kind of mulling ans- mulling over my answer because, like, I, I totally agree with Margaret, but I think, like, your reason makes me want to say it's not feminist, because I think it does a good job critiquing the problems we have, and I feel like it does a good job of explaining things we need to work on, but at the same time, it's still, like, not, 
Actually, I don't know. I was going to say it's not an empowering movie, but at the end, I think Katie's like realization is very powerful. Like when I was watching it today and when she broke up the crown and like threw it in the crowd, I did cry when she was like complimenting the girls and it was like very heartfelt. I'm like, this is what like feminism should be. Like we should be uplifting women and like looking at the best in them. I'm just not really sure why my heart isn't like, yes, feminist film, because like, I think it does a good job of like recognizing places that we fail as a society, but I don't think I could give it my stamp of like, yes, this is a feminist movie, if that makes sense. Big and eh I feel like energy. Yeah, like I feel like I'm not like <laughs> like yeah. I'm like not love it, and it, it. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. Us I was, in the right direction, perhaps. I was cracking up. <laughs> I yeah. I think it was like Nelly, like you said, it was a really good like starting point for the conversation of women supporting women. And I think where we are today, I obviously love TikTok, and I'm on it all the time, and it has its faults. But something I've realized recently is how like how much we've moved from like Mean Girls in 2004 to now like it was an expectation for women to support women now like almost to the point where we can't critique women sometimes because it's like oh what about women supporting women like no we can call out women if they're doing things but I think now we are so cautious to like call ourselves out if we're like making fun of women for not a good reason like we've been talking this whole time about like Victoria from The Bachelor and I think those conversations like aren't in thanks to the movie Mean Girls and it's obviously not perfect and I love it and I will watch it anytime it's on tv but I just don't know if I can give it my stamp of feminist movie (sighs) this was so fun so fun well um as as we've been doing lately we're gonna plug a person of the week margaret would you like to plug yours oh yes i'm going to plug jasmine guillory she is a black romance writer and so since it is almost valentine's day when we're recording this i think that that's something that you should check out so um some of her books are uh, Okay, some of her books that she wrote, The Wedding Date, The Proposal, The Wedding Party, Royal Holiday, Party of Two, you get the idea. So if you're in the mood for just a little bit of love in your life, check out Jasmine Guillory. Um, I want to shout out this account called The the Black Tourettes. <laughs> um, it's spelled the B-L-C-K. It's basically if you put black in bachelorettes and then took out the a um i will share it it is complicated but basically if you're a bachelorette fan um basically chris harrison has been gaslighting rachel Lindsay, and i want to shout out this we're going to share it on our instagram but uh igtv video that this account made really kind of breaking down why Chris Harrison's interview with Rachel Lindsay was as bad as it was. Hopefully you're able to watch that and recognize it, but I think it's really, it does a really good job of breaking it apart. So 
we'll be sharing that. And I guess it's funny because I'm like, we're saying person of the week, but maybe we should also have a cancel of the week because ultimately Chris Harrison's canceled. So cancel the week, Chris Harrison. Um, Margaret, did we tell you about quotes? No. Oh, no. Okay. Well, luckily this is a very quotable movie. So this will really Mm -hmm. put you on the spot and test your knowledge. But we we like to end every episode with a quote um so if you have from like the movie or tv show so if you have a favorite quote from mean girls we'd love to hear it but before you share that um if you want to plug maybe your bookstagram or anything else again we have a very like small but mighty follower base but we know that you're a big big influencer so (laughs) if you want to share or anything else that you want to share if you want to share your personal stuff you can too but I figured you might want to share your bookstagram (laughs) it's very fun wow thank you so much <laughs> um yeah I mean that's really fun I um have a bookstagram account it's called Margaret Bookerby so that's Margaret underscore Bookerby play on my last name which is Blackerby so there's my little thing if you want to see me post about some books and find something to read it's I'm so good. Doing it's that. so good. I love it. I'm so love it. pleasing too. Like just love looking. Oh, up. thank you. I'm really working on that. Yeah, we could learn. To do some, it right. I'm sure we could learn some Instagram techniques from you. Pate's been crushing it on the Instagram, but thanks, Queen. Could always, could always learn from our f- fellow creators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Is it my quote time? Yeah, quote time to close out the epi. Okay, I have. Can I have two? Yes. Yes. Okay. So recently, this is just funny because I've told some of the like high school kids that I work with this quote. I'm always like, oh my gosh, have you seen Mean Girls? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, ask your parents if you can watch it. But like, but anyway, the moral of the story is we'll be talking about math. And one of my favorite quotes from the movie is when Damien is like, ew, why do you like math so much? And Katie goes, because it's the same in every language. And I'm just like, oh cry literally that one's really wholesome and then the other one is like when aaron samuels invites katie to the halloween party and she says gruel and she's like she's like like, uh i'm just trying to say great but then i accidentally said cool and i just came out like that and he said all right well gruel my dad (laughs) and i say that to each other all the time like gruel is top five most used words in the conversation with my father oh my god I love <laughs> can we talk about have a mean girls a mean girls joke together that's so Aaron cute. Samuels yeah. is like dream boy like he he's is good so so good good boy when he's just like all right gruel and doesn't make fun of her at all I'm like oh okay you're a good dude and he's also like he's so into when her Katie's like you were Regina's property he's like no, I'm not. And then she start starts talking like her, and he's like, "You're just like her." And I'm like, "Wow, he's, he's so like bullshit." Mm-hmm. Love that. Shout out to Seamus <laughs> if you're listening. Here you are editing the episode. Seamus King, <laughs> um, love you. Pete, do you want to take us home? Yeah, Miss Margaret. Margaret, thanks ah! so much for being on the pod. Uh, so I had so much fun. I've always, I've always looked up to you as a woman and a scholar. Stop. Woman, You're going to make me pee myself. <laughs> okay, well, this has been Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens. Bye. Bye.